With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. I saw you tag me on that on Twitter. I was, I was very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh-oh. I was very proud for your sake. I mean, I'm a huge Ya Boy fan, don't get me wrong, but it is kind of concerning that he's our number two wide receiver. I mean, that that is Fair. concerning, right? You know. Really? Are we are we are we in the show now? I, I believe the I don't fifth know. on that one. <laughs> we haven't officially joined this show, so if you want me to go ahead and just get us into the show, we can. I figure you guys are gonna talk about cats or something or soccer. No, no, Gina's here for a limited amount of time. Yeah, because I haven't eaten yet, and I've had half a glass of wine, and I'm kind of drunk from half a glass of wine. Welcome to so what brand of protein shakes do you use? <laughs> oh, I use um, so I'm a I'm a team beach body person. I do beach body workouts, so I use Shakeology. If you're interested in getting into that pyramid scheme, like I'm the Drew Brees of that situation. Drew Brees, so just, okay. Let me know. This is like this is my advocate, y'all. This is my advocate. Okay. Welcome to the Fourth and Short Podcast, where we bring you our favorite protein shakes. I'm interested in that. Shakes. If you want to give me the information, that that sounds like it would be kind of cool. You I'll be glad to. Brad. I'm going to let Brian finish his intro first. You can. Sh- you should hold no, off. Brad, we're not going to let Brian finish his intro. <laughs> I'm starting. Yeah, it would fit in nicely with your keto diet, your carb-free diet. Yes, it actually would. Where we're bringing you our favorite protein shakes to start off your 2018 and a healthy diet. Get yourself back to the gym. Get those New Year's resolutions going. So that's what we're, that's what we have Gina here for. Nothing Panthers related, no football related, just protein shakes. Yeah, nothing so, happened anyway. Yeah. Nothing yeah, worth talking about. Was there even about, a game least. on Sunday? Oh, wait, there was. Jesus. I didn't see it. I just spent my entire day drowning myself in protein shakes, which is why that's what we're talking about <laughs> to begin the to begin the show. So That's always always a good strategy in my opinion. Spent most of the night throwing up. New Year's Eve was not a good night. So only because of protein shakes though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, the Panthers played a football game on Sunday, and it wasn't very good. 
Lies. Uh, what game did you watch? There wasn't oh. a game. Oh, I rewatched must... the Dolphins game. You must have watched the Bucks game, the Bucks and Saints game. I bet that's what Brad watched. Now that was a good game. Yeah. No, it wasn't. That game would have been great if that game was extra painful because we lost. Yeah, if we would have like, won, then that game would have been the best game all year. But because <laughs> we lost too, that game didn't exist either. Because yeah. y'all are my because y'all are my friends, and even though I don't like your team and I don't want you to win, except for this week, and I just want to make that very clear, huge Panthers fan right now, because I really hate the Saints. Can we just talk for a minute about something that might cheer you up about it? And that is Sean Payton just going off the damn rails with what, what is that after the about? game. What happened? Sean Payton is a is a nut. Like he well, other was, than that. He was still <laughs> mad. And and I mean, to be fair, Jameis Winston is a jackass. He is a complete jackass. And if you'll remember the first time the Saints played the Bucks, Jameis came off the sideline. He was out of the game with that shoulder injury that sidelined him for a few weeks. He came off the sideline, poked Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints rookie cornerback, who's a valid defensive rookie of the year candidate. Also a graduate of the Ohio State University. Just it's like I'm contractually obligated to throw that in there. But anyway, he poked him in the head and Lattimore turned around and gave him a shove, but it was like a one-handed shove. Like it was, it was just like, please don't poke me in the head. That was it. It wasn't all that aggressive. And Mike Evans came out of nowhere and just laid Lattimore out, blindsided him. It was a cheap shot, dirty hit. Evans was defending his quarterback who started it. And so, I mean, like, I get what Evans was doing, but it was a cheap shot. Jameis is stupid and childish and shouldn't have done it. And Lattimore was just kind of caught in the crossfire. So after the game on Sunday, which is several weeks later, Sean Payton's still mad. So they do their, first of all, Dirt Cutter was weird. Like, he was all, like, Stepford wives about it. Like, he was smiling really big. He's like, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. And he was, like, yelling it really enthusiastically and happily. And I was like, my guy, like, y'all won Master what, five troll. games this season. Like, <laughs> like, settle down. But then Peyton, and then they start, like, giving each other the, like, the bro slap, like, the bro slap on the shoulder, like, shaking hands and slapping shoulders. But then Sean Peyton just kind of wailing on him, like, he's trying to leave a mark, okay? And so then Peyton starts to walk away. Then he comes back. He's like, you know what? I was really pissed in the last game because Cutter didn't keep Jameis from being a dipshit about, you know, starting a fight with Marshawn Lattimore. And Cutter said, and to Cutter's credit, I think that this was, I think that he's being honest. He was like, um, I didn't see it at the time. And if I would have seen it, I would have done something. And I'm like, he was essentially apologizing for it. And in Cutter's defense, like right after that incident happened, he was asked about it by the media after that game. And he was like, no, that is not okay. Like, and nothing that happened there is okay. And I'm going to talk to those guys about it. And yeah, I think that Evans probably deserves to be suspended. So it's not like he defended them or said that it was okay. Like, he actually took a pretty hard line approach to the whole thing. He he was never okay with the way that his players acted in that situation. But then, so then he's like basically trying to apologize. And after Sean Payton has almost like slap fought him <laughs> during her handshake, Payton just gets exasperated and walks away like he's 12. I mean, it was the most ludicrous thing that I've ever seen. I was watching it and I was like, how are you a grown-ass adult coaching football in the National Football League? Like, I don't get it. I don't get how this 
works. It and sounds... this comes on the heels of him making the choking motion at Devontae Freeman right before the Saints choked away a win. <laughs> so it's like, I think Sean Payton needs to get it together, is what I'm he, trying to say. He kind of sounds like the Todd, but we'll call him the Sean. Yes. Who watches Scrubs out there. Mm-hmm. Tr- just throwing tons of betrayal fives at Dirk Cutter. Yep. So. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. I wouldn't want to get into a fight like that with uh, Ron Rivera because I feel like he would actually put a hole in your chest if you did that with him. But, you know. He would do it, and then later he would be photographed at home with his two cute dogs, like, smiling and being all fine about it. Because Ron, (laughs) Riverboat Ron, I think he only has so many Fs to give, if we're being honest. Ron Ron Rivera is, like, the coach version of Luke Keekley in that he seems like the nicest guy in the world 99% of the time you see him off the field. But then when he's like actually coaching, he looks like he could kill somebody at any moment. Yeah, I think exactly. that's a fair assessment. That's accurate. So that brings the, the the obvious question: Which NFL coach would you least like to get into a fist fight with? I want to fist fight all of them, but Dan Quinn. I would literally take any one of them on. I would not. I've had I've had like a full <laughs> glass of wine now. I cannot fight. I'm like five, I'm like five two, 114 pounds. I can't fight people. I have no upper body strength. I need my kids to help me open jars. I would not fight any NFL head coaches. Dan Quinn scares me the most. I wouldn't even fought Mark Tressman when he was still coaching the Bears. Like I would, I wouldn't <laughs> fight any head coaches. Are there any guys who are super old? I might have fought Tom Coughlin back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. Is who is the oldest coach in the NFL right now? Um, that's a good probably question. Dick Le, probably Dick LeBeau for the Titans. Oh yeah, he's a coordinator. Well, he's the oldest yeah, coach. coordinator. But head coach. Uh, he didn't say head coach, guys. Just want to throw that out well, there. Wait, I, smooth, I didn't, but, but I didn't mean head coach. Since that's what we're talking about. Wade Phillips is old, but Wade Phillips would whoop my ass. There is no question. I'm not fighting Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips would pull a pistol out of his boot and hit you in the head with it. <laughs> There's no question. I'm not walking away from that one. <laughs> um, and it's like an 1865 pistol, like an old Wild West pistol. It's not a, a like a new pistol. You know who I would fight? Probably Pete Carroll. Yeah, Pete yeah, Carroll's too mellow to fight. I know. He's got a, he's got a very punchable face. Pete he Carroll does. looks like the kind of guy who would be like, let's use our words, not our fists. He would be of- like chewing his gum, and I would just be taking swings and... Yeah, I think that I would come out on top. That's my best Pete, bet. That's my best Pete bet. Pete Carroll could talk like Bill Walton, and I would think it fits him just fine. Mm-hmm. I think like, he I is Bill Walton in disguise, to be honest. <laughs> He's like Bill Walton with fewer words. Yeah. I'm God. thinking around the rest of the league. i tell you the one I would least want to fight, and it, it may be surprising, but Sean McDermott. No, I think Sean, that's yeah. completely reasonable. Sean McDermott looks like he fights people on, on weekends for fun in the office. I would not like, fight Sean McDermott. I would I never totally fight Sean McDermott. I mean, he is tough enough to coach in Buffalo. So he's obviously someone I would not mess with. Jack Del Rio just seems like that guy where even if you beat him up in a fight, I mean, great, he's not a head coach anymore, but he was. Um Seems oh, like that's you actually, bullshit too, by the you way. Actually, if you actually won the fight, he'd send like five guys to go beat your legs in with baseball bats. That's what he kind of looks <laughs> like to me. No, that's Bruce Arians. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> him too. Maybe they're like like a godfather family. Like him, like Bruce Arians and Jack Del Rio. Where like Jack Del Rio is more the muscle, where Arians is the godfather. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so we got real derailed there. Um... <laughs> We started strong with 
There's nothing to talk about. There wasn't there wasn't any football last Sunday. So So I'm gonna talk about the football game I watched and if nobody else wants to talk Can about I, it, I'll wait, talk to my goddamn self. I do have it. one question about oh, the, the football fine. game, Tina. I wanted to ask first. No, 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 it's real. Um was the Falcons win beater, bittersweet at all for you because you were completely wrong with your pessimism and how you thought the game was gonna go? No, because as somebody who does this for a living, I'm very used to being completely wrong. And when I'm completely wrong and the team that I like actually wins, I'm like, it's good to be a dumbass. It feels really good to be a dumbass. So, yeah. Yeah, you no, lied to us. You said, they were gonna, you said the Falcons were going to play poorly. You lied. Well, yeah. I well, said kinda. the Falcons did kind of well, play poorly. No, actually, she didn't lie because I the didn't Falcons lie. They did really play poorly. Like crap. We just they did play poorly. But That's Cam true. had a 31.9 completion percentage and three picks. And so, wait, no, not 31.9 completion percentage, 31.9 quarterback rating, lowest of his career, three picks. That's why. I mean, they had a chance, even if they would have gotten an onside kick, like if they would have scored on that last interception. I was like, that's how this is going to go. They're going to score and then they're going to get the onside kick and they're going to score again. And I'm going to hate everything about my life for at least the next, you know, until training camp starts. And so we narrowly avoided that situation, (laughs) but it was, it was actually, it was actually fairly close. So yeah, I don't feel bad about being wrong. I, not if, (laughs) not if it means the Falcons win. I That's do have to I say, feel. for the record, that I hate Matt Bryant. I want you to know that. You should. He, has he, he ever missed like, a kick? He like has he ever ball. missed a kick in Carolina or against Carolina? Like, I don't know, but I do just want to. I want to explain to you the moment that I first realized that I love Matt Bryant like he's my actual family, and I've told him this, and he laughed so hard because he was actually very proud when I told him this. It was in Carolina. And, you oh, know, God. earlier in the season, Matt Ryan had told your team to get the F off his field. And so Greg Hardy, someone that I'm sure you don't enjoy me bringing up, that he was associated with your football team at one point, but he was running around yelling, get the F off our field, get the F off our field. And little Matt Bryant, who, like I said, I'm 5'2", I'm like 114 pounds, I'm little. All the guys in the locker room much larger than me except for matt bryant who is like just marginally bigger than me like he is just and he's also about my age (laughs) he's actually older than me he's the only person in there who is and so matt bryant is small and he is a kicker and he went right up to greg hardy and was like have fun watching us in january and i was like my undying loyalty to you matt bryant (laughs) i just love that so much it's hard Matt to it's Ryan hard to would talk fight trash. Any NFL head coach, he would fight any single one. He wouldn't even have this conversation. He would be like, "Line them up, I'll take them all on." It's hard to talk trash when you're uh when when you're the, when the other team can just reply with scoreboard. True. Fair. <laughs> very very difficult for Greg Hardy to be in that trash talking to where the kicker can come back with something like that. Yeah. He's lucky Greg Hardy didn't try to beat him up or something. True. <laughs> Greg Hardy was not have. above that. Well, he wasn't dating. Apparently, he's so not above that. He didn't. He didn't throw <laughs> oh. a baton covered with guns, which was, you know, a big step forward for Greg Hardy, I guess. So, I, I still, I've been thinking about this for years, and why did? Why didn't he have his guns somewhere other than a futon? And why did he have a futon? Like, I last had a futon when I was twenty-two and in college. I still don't get it. It's Greg I'm very Hardy. bothered There's... by the, I'm very bothered by the whole situation, but that has really stuck with me. 
It's Greg Hardy. There's a lot of stuff he does that makes no sense. Yeah, he was. He could have been a really entertaining personality if he didn't, you know, do what he did. Yeah, because he was he was hilarious at times. Like when he just decided to come on to the uh, the primetime football game, say he was he went to school at Hogwarts. Like that was actually kind of funny. (laughs) It was funny. I would. I mean, I'm I'm always genuinely sorry when a player makes the choice to be violent toward a woman because that's horrible um and you know i i think that you're exactly right about him i i think that he could have made different choices and really become one of the league's more entertaining personalities and he certainly was very talented and instead he was a jackass and so now this is where we are yep so do we, are we just going to ignore the game, guys? Is that <laughs> no? We can our strategy. <laughs> no, we can, yeah, we should talk about it a little bit. Every time I try to talk about the game, Brad's like, "Nope, didn't happen. Nope, nope, nope." He's like that stubborn, <laughs> that stubborn mule on Family Guy. He's like, "Nope, nope." Kevin Bacon wasn't in Footloose. Nope, nope. <laughs> All right. So the Panthers' offense obviously sucked. Um, okay, that was fun. Defense. So now, next round, let's go. The defense is pretty good, though. If if you guys would opinion. rather, we can really just focus on the upcoming games because, again, <laughs> hello, I it's nice to meet you. I'm Gina Thomas, honorary Panthers fan for the next several days. So, you guys want to just do? I that didn't want to hear though point? what you're. Well, no, I, we did, I wanted to hear Gina needs the opportunity to gloat about beating us, so you know we we do I need to talk about the game. I I really don't gloat, and I mean I'm just going to be honest. Like I didn't think that it was going to go down that way. Y'all heard me last week. I sat here and told you exactly what I thought was going to happen. I was wrong. The Falcons made plenty of mistakes. They're very inconsistent on offense. Some of that's play calling. Some of it's execution. All of it's maddening. The defense stepped up. The defense for the first time since 1998 is in the top 10 in terms of points allowed and overall yards allowed. And that 1998 team also went to the Super Bowl. So that gives me a little bit of hope. It's been fun to see these young players develop. But overall, like this is, it looks like a very different team than the one that ran the table in the NFC last year. And so the Rams, I was so annoyed as I almost always am these days watching Falcons fans react after the win and they're like oh the Falcons have the easiest road to the NFC championship y'all they don't you are basing that off of a game in which first of all the Rams played the 49ers who were starting Jimmy Garoppolo who's never lost a start and also they sat like all but two of their starters. That was not their actual team. And so you can't look at the Rams' performance last week and think, oh, we're going to slice through them like a hot knife through butter. Like it doesn't work that way. And then they think that the Eagles are an easy matchup too. The Eagles are probably the easiest matchup in the NFC right now, considering that Wentz is out and Foles is in. Foles is Oof, Foles is Foles, but I, they still have the second best run game in the league. They still have a really formidable defense. Like there's no easy road in the postseason. So yeah, I forget how I even got on this tangent, but I just felt <laughs> like I wanted to yell about how, no, it's not all sunshine and ponies for the Falcons. Um, now that they yeah, won. The, the Rams pretty much lost on purpose because they assumed the Saints were going to win and the Rams wanted uh, a home game and then to play the Eagles. Yeah, which I don't blame them for. Also, they let their starters rest. I mean, they let 
yeah, they let their starters rest. They let Kareem Hunt have the regular season rushing title as a result, but you know, whatever. I'm sure Gurley doesn't care. He's going to the playoffs. So, he, he'll, he'll, he should win MVP. He yes, deserves he it. And like, aren't we all kind of done with Tom Brady at this point? I would much rather see Gurley win it. Oh, that's, God, that's, what, that's what I think is going to happen. Oh, I think God. Tom Brady's got that old like LeBron James, Michael Jordan thing where it's like he's just playing his normal Tom Brady and nobody wants to just keep giving Tom Brady the award every year. Mm-hmm. Even though he's only won like two. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it, it, it's insta-go to people that I think out like kind of overachieved or did something people didn't expect. Yeah. And I mean, last year it was Matt Ryan. And I think that was totally justified. Mm. Like the way that he he played out of his mind all season Um, this year, looking at the difference between Gurley last year when he was admittedly being used very poorly in Los Angeles. And then this year when he is just back to form, um, I think it's totally warranted. Also Tom Brady wears me out. And I don't think that we need to keep, giving him attention for just being Tom Brady. Like I'm over it. I'm very over it. Super Bowl 51 might have something to do with it. Like I will neither confirm nor deny, but <laughs> anyway. Were were you surprised at how bad the Panthers offense was on Sunday? I mean, I follow the Panthers pretty closely and you're probably not going to like my answer, but no, because Cam is very up and down. I do think that it's probably a good indication for this week's game because he tends to bounce back after he has a really like inexplicably awful game. Um, But he has those games. They're littered all throughout his, his entire pro career. And I, I don't know what it is. Like some of it is, yeah, he's throwing to Brenton Burson and then a bunch of guys who were maybe selling insurance like a week ago. But the other part of it is Cam is just inconsistent at times. When he's on, he is one of the best players in the league, and he's almost impossible to defend. He's just not always on. He was not on on Sunday. The worst part about Sunday was that it, it started off where it was like Cam was fine, but nobody could get separation. Yeah. But I felt like the, he was like 0 for 9. I felt like maybe six of those passes, five or six of those nine incompletions were like accurate passes. that just had no one to throw to, and he's trying to force it in. And then he completed like seven in a row. And then he fell apart. So, like, it started off, like, the first half of his throws, he had no one to throw to. And then it seemed like people were finally starting to get open, giving him some targets, and then he just forgot how to throw a football. Yeah, no, he was sailing stuff. That is exactly what happened. I think that in the first half or so, it was much less on Cam and much more on Mm -hmm. his receivers not being able to get separation. And then in the second half especially, like, he was throwing stuff high. He was throwing stuff off target. Like, I think that... Yeah, it was a tale of two halves for him. It was not all his fault, for sure. I've never seen him and Greg so off the same page as they were on Sunday. Yeah. Part of the problem is he was throwing to Greg when he wasn't open. So, you know. Yeah. Fair. He did that a lot in the second half with a lot <laughs> <He> of guys. <did. laughs> yeah. I, I think Cam got to a point where he was just like, all right, this whole throw into Kalen Clay and Britton Burson, sorry, Brian, thing isn't working so well. I'm just, I just, I'm just going to go to my boy. And the, the Falcons were, were 100% ready for that. They were, indeed. And then Christian McCaffrey dropped two passes. That's not a thing that happens either. Cameron Artis Payne also fumbled two balls. Okay. So he got them both back. <laughs> but yeah. God. Could we have played any worse offensively? I don't think so. Because there were Cameron. times where, like, they, the pan, like, there was that. That drive in the second half where, like, or the second quarter where, like, 
Cam just seemed like, all right, F this. And he just came out and was throwing the ball, like, really well. And they ended up scoring, like, they just let him – he just turned it loose. But, man, it, like, it's hard to, for me to see this offense sustaining itself when he has to go balls to the wall with every throw, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an issue we've had all year. Uh, we have – we're trying to live on third down with people that can't – with just usually throwing the ball against – with uh, receivers that aren't reliable. At the this recipe point, Cam for... could set up a lease for third and long. Against these <laughs> yes. defenses. He could set what up a lease it? and start paying rent on third and long. What did they say at one point? Like it was like midway through the second quarter, and I think, and it was like the Panthers haven't faced anything less than third and ten, and it was like the fifth or sixth third down we faced. So that's yeah, that's a problem, <laughs> especially when when Kalen Clay and Britton Burson and Devin Funchess are your three receivers. Yep. yep. Not a good thing. <laughs> I'm glad we all agree here. Um, <laughs> well, see, what that tells me is that Demir Bird should be an NFL MVP because you see a difference between what we were with Demir Bird and what yeah. we are without Demir Bird. So he's clearly the league MVP. Is it, It's also kind of a problem when we're talking about Demir Bird in that way. No offense, no slight to Demir no, Bird. No, no, none taken. Still... It is it is a very big problem when <laughs> when Demir Bird is the reason why we can't move the football at all against <laughs> the, a team that's playing like crap. Yeah, the guy with like four catches, or no, he's got like nine catches on the year, and he's like an undrafted free agent that's slowly climbed up the roster. And we're like, ah, oh, we can't. I don't know if his offense is going to work without Demir Bird. So I go, oh boy, that's we need help. Very good. Maybe Russell Shepard will be the help. Maybe. He, he forgot about him. I, I, I wonder if he's Apparently not Apparently Ron playing. Rivera's forgotten about him, too, because I don't even think he played a snap on Sunday. Like, he's in special teams. He was hurt. He, was hurt. Yeah. he didn't play at all. He's on special teams, I thought. He's actually technically their wide receiver, too, as sad as that sounds. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll be better by next week, this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, so can we talk about this week? Because that's what I'm very interested in. Can y'all just please beat the Saints? Put me out of my misery with Probably these not. insufferable fans in my mentions talking about how they're not 7-9 and nine all of a sudden and now they've, they're they too big for their britches. Like, I can't. Also, that was such a mom thing to say. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> they're too big for their britches. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a dad, so I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. I am a mom. I am a mom, and so it works. But yes, uh, they like they really are. This is a team that went seven nine for three seasons in a row. Their coach is a hothead who starts fights with a coach who is five and eleven <laughs> after after a game. Like, what are you even doing? Um, they have some very talented players. Like Alvin Kamara is good. Um, Drew Brees is always a problem, you know, whether he is popping up in your Facebook feed trying to sell you Advocare or just throwing all over your team trying to pad his stats. Doesn't matter, either or. Um, and then on defense, like their defense is actually decent now, which is very problematic to me. I'm, I don't like it. And so I really need the Panthers to get it together and beat them. So make me feel better about this, guys. Let's go. I just don't, I see, it. I don't see it. You just watched this. <laughs> You just watched us play. Do you think we can beat the Saints? I mean, there's a possibility I, I, that, I that the flu goes through New Orleans and none of them can play. Like, you know, 
that, that's I mean, about it, though. The only thing giving me hope is that in week three, the Saints blew the doors off of us after we looked bad against the 49ers and the Bills, and then we somehow went to New England and Detroit in back-to-back weeks and won. Mm-hmm. That inconsistency is the only thing that is giving me any hope for Sunday because we're certainly not trending in the right direction right now. But luckily, the Panthers are good at not trending in any direction at any time ever. And the other so, thing that really sucks is that the Panthers haven't even played Marshawn Lattimore yet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, like so he's, he's going to lock down Devin Funches. And Gina, you remember I was mad. I was very mad about. Marshawn Lattimore when we talked about it way back after the draft. I do, and, and it, I'm sure that you will remember that I was mad about it too because he went to the Ohio State University. It really frustrates me that the Falcons have no Ohio State players. Y'all have Kurt Coleman and Curtis Samuel, and you had Ted again. You had Philly Brown, one of my all-time favorite players, one of my all-time favorite Ohio State players. He's and still then, sitting on his couch, by the way, and we have Brenton Burson as our second wide receiver. I would be... And Philly if, Brown is still sitting guys, at home. Listen, I love Philly Brown so much that I would buy a Philly Brown Panthers jersey. Do not let any Falcons fans listen to this. They will get so mad, but really, the, the Buckeyes are my first love, and I do love Philly Brown. And then it makes me furious because I have Saints fan friends who are like, well, we have all these Buckeyes, and I'm like, I hate you, and I hate your trash team, and your city actually smells. Like, I cannot even go there because it it literally smells bad like i can't stomach it but also yes you do have a lot of buckeyes it makes me very angry so i they you know they do i mean they've got way too many they've got von bell they've got marshawn Lattimore. i don't they've got michael thomas who is a spectacular receiver it makes me very angry guess how many buckeyes the falcons have none not a single one. They had one They're on the practice purpose. squad a couple of years ago, and I was friends with him. And then they cut him, and I was like, "Well, there goes, there goes my Buckeye. There goes my one Buckeye." Bye. <laughs> it was nice. They, they yeah. were, were got in that you're big yeah. Buckeyes. They're doing it. Like, <laughs> that's it. They're they just. I swear the Falcons really try to make me miserable, and that's really what I attribute the. Super Bowl 51 lost to. I think that they were like, what would be the worst thing that Gina has ever had to live through in her entire life? Let's blow a 25 point lead. Let's make her take mentions from on Twitter from Saints fans who had nothing to do with it for an entire year. Oh, it's like it seems like seems like a fun idea. I have news for you. It's going to be more than an entire year. Yeah. You're you're gonna be dealing with that one for quite a while. (laughs) <laughs> I know. You know what I did, though? What's nice about being verified on Twitter is that you can shut down mentions from whole groups of people. And I've done that. And so I'm like blissfully unaware of a lot of it. And that has made me much less bitchy, which is great for everybody. Everybody wins. <laughs> Sweet brag that you're verified on Twitter. Yeah, I've been trying to get verified on <laughs> the, Twitter the for six months. The bigger brag is that I'm not quite as bitchy me. as I used to be. So. <laughs> I imagine you're avoiding between 25 and 3 mentions on Twitter every day. Ryan, by the way, I'm I'm almost <laughs> never on Facebook, but I was on there again today like for something I was posting something from work and the first thing that I saw was the shirt that Brian's brother got him for Christmas <laughs> and it made me so mad. I was like <laughs> I can't just Brian. I was so I, mad again. <laughs> My mom texted me. She was like who is this Brian character? I was like, he's my friend. She's like, doesn't seem very nice of him to make. I was like, mom, everybody makes fun of the Super Bowl last. Like, 
I make fun of it. It's hilarious. You have to make fun of it if you want to survive it. That's how it works. And my mom's I, like, I, I don't get it. I don't get the internet. I'm like, I know you're old. It's fine. I did not ask for that shirt. My brother <laughs> just thought it was funny. And it's hard because for me it to is. Be like, it's hard for it me to be like. It kind of is funny. It I, is funny. I mean, it really. Is, it is, but it still upsets me. Like, I'm torn. I'm torn between the humor of it and the fact that it's something that crushed my soul and made me cry in a hotel room in DC for like three hours and it listen makes, to breakup music. So it was if not If it good. makes you feel any better, I haven't worn it in public yet. I've just worn it around my house like a like a shirt under a hoodie. So that does make me feel so much better. I'll tell that my mom the my next friend, time she asks me about it. My friends easy. who have showed up in my house have loved it. So I mean, my I mom's like. I don't, is, is he really your friend if he's making fun of that? I was like, yes, mom. I was like, I make fun of it. What are you talking about? I was like, I have the best jokes about the 28 to 3 blown lead. Nobody can top my jokes. They're hilarious. It's totally fine. But yeah, it's brutal. And you're right. I'll never, until the Falcons won a Super Bowl, and probably even then, they'll be like, well, you got a ring, but he also blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so yeah, it's never going away. Number one reason to root against the Saints is that if they win the Super Bowl, it's going to amplify the twenty-eight to three jokes against you. We can't, we can't allow that. You guys have to take them out this week. I'm going to try to make you feel better. All right, I'm okay. looking forward to this. All right, we do have two things in our favor. One, Cam Newton always plays better when people are talking shit about him, and all. All than when when all the media are doubting him, and that's what we're seeing right now. I mean, there are people saying that Blake Bortles is better than Cam Newton. Okay, and a side note: if you have said that Blake Bortles is is better than Cam Newton, you're a moron. There's no if ands or buts about it. You're yes. a fucking moron. That yes. is the worst fucking take I have ever heard Wait, in my life. That is stupid. Did somebody say this? Like yes. a, like a real person said this in real life. Yes, people are saying that they would rather have Blake Bortles than Cam Newton. Now, keep in mind, this is the Blake Bortles that Jacksonville wanted to get rid of at the beginning of the year and who is worse than Cam Newton this year with better Blake, wide receivers. Blake Bortles threw six interceptions in a training camp practice. Exactly. Six. That's not better than Cam Newton, and you should be ashamed of yourself if you have that opinion. Okay, now I Chris I, Carter, I I'm mad you. respect for Chris Carter. I know, you know. I don't. I, Chris Carter said it? No, That's a Buckeye. No, Chris Carter said that Cam Newton is an average quarterback with a superstar supporting cast. That wait, is an atrocious take. Like a tight end that's 180 years old and then a bunch of receivers who, I want, as I mentioned, I want to were maybe selling is, insurance last week? Yes. Like, no. Yes. And, no. I mean, honestly, he should be stripped of, of his Hall of Fame ring. That should <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst football take from someone who's involved in football I've ever heard. Look, I, the only I superstars on the Carolina Panthers that are not named Cam Newton are Luke Keekley, Julius Peppers, yep. and Thomas Davis. Yes. And guess what? All three of those players play defense who have nothing to do with the fact that we can't score points. Yeah, nothing. no, you're completely so, right. I mean, I don't yeah. think that McCaffrey has lived up to expectations. I don't think that Samuel has lived up to expectations. I think Cam is still having to pretty much do it all. They traded yeah. away Kel Kelvin Benjamin. They've got your boy as maybe yeah, the best Burson is our number two wide receiver. Please show me the superstar talent around Cam Newton. <laughs> Wofford, our best offensive Wofford lineman is Matt up. Khalil. 
Yeah. We also have Mike Shula as an offensive coordinator. Mike Shula is our offensive to really coordinator. really drive the point home. Mike Shula is maybe the one guy that I would not take over Sark. <laughs> uh, Ryan Khalil watch? has been hurt all year. Greg Olson has been hurt all year. Kelvin Benjamin came into training camp weighing 300 pounds, and we traded him away for peanuts. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... There was I, this I, one tweet. This guy, this guy Trevor that I know who covers the Bucks, he tweeted Fat Kelvin Bama Lamb. Like, did you guys see this? It was, yep, it was, was like the lyrics of Black Betty, and it was every time somebody mentions Kelvin Benjamin's weight, I think about that tweet and I That is that is amazing. I cannot like I can't get myself together because it was one of the things I've enjoyed most about this season too. Yeah, you know, so all this media circus bullshit surrounding Cam Newton, he plays well when this happens. He feeds off of it. I mm-hmm. honestly think, conspiracy theory time, I honestly think he played like crap intentionally to get this negative attention as bulletin board material so he can go on a tear and, and get back to the Super Bowl. He was making the playoffs anyway, and I mentioned it earlier, but if you look back at Cam's stats game by game, like he he is a very inconsistent quarterback and he'll have these oh, games. Oh, he is. Where, That's totally fair. Yes. Inconsistent but, is fair. But the, but the week after a bad game, he typically bounces back and he doesn't just bounce back, but he balls out. Like there yeah. is a, and like I said, I mean, this is the thing that I've looked at within the past couple of days. If you look back, going back to his rookie season, like he'll have these dips in his performance. And then the next week he doesn't just even out like he plays really well. And so I do think that's something that does bode well for Carolina. It does. Well, now that mentioning this stat, it means it's clearly not going to happen on Sunday. Just Shut saying. up, Ryan. Um, Ryan, okay. stop. The- Brian, I'm trying to make her feel better, okay? Y'all have, to, y'all have to make me feel better. I really need the Panthers to win. I need the Saints to lose. Okay, Just you know, throw me, throw me a bone here. Yeah, point number two uh, that should hopefully make you feel better. Greg Olson has yet to play against the Saints, and he will be available on, sun, on Sunday. Uh, I, I think that that will be a difference. I don't think the Saints can cover Greg Olson and Devin Funches and um, Britton Burson and Halen <laughs> Clay and – whoever they find at Wofford College on on Saturday evening on their way to New Orleans. I mean, I don't think they can cover everyone. I do think having Greg Olson will give us a slight advantage that if we can take advantage of it, we should be able to at least, you know, keep pace with them in a shootout. You know, we haven't had a good good Panther Saints shootout this year. Maybe We haven't. No, we're due for one. And the only other thing it's going to be 41 to 38. And the only other thing I've got that should make you feel better, hopefully, is third time's a charm. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, there, hey, you there's know an adage say. that it's, it's impossible to beat a team three times in one year. That's bullshit. That's a gambler's fallacy. If you beat a team twice, you can beat them three times because uh, you're better than they are. But, um, you know, third time's a charm. So I, I think we have a shot. I don't think it's doom and gloom like a lot of people do. Oh, I, I don't think we have a shot because I refuse to accept it. They also lost to Tampa Bay this week, which is another glimmer of hope. Actually, I think that that's a very solid point and one that we should focus on for just a minute because I don't want to be the one to break this to you guys, but Tampa Bay is actually bad. <laughs> they're pulled us, they're, pulled us two weeks ago. They are they a bad almost beat team. us. Yeah. They almost beat us too, but they are a bad football team. They cannot get any pressure on the quarterback, like, at all. And 
they ca- I think something that's good for both of our teams is that they're keeping that whole coaching staff intact. And I'm like, God bless you. Thank you so much for ensuring that you will not be competitive in the NFC South. Yeah, the for one the coach that should have gotten fired you. didn't, which is, is odd. Mm-hmm. Gotta, gotta love that Mike Smith defense. Mike Smith should have, and I say, okay, so I covered Mike Smith in Atlanta, like when I first got credentialed, he was the coach there, and Smitty's daughter, he has one, he has one daughter, Julie, and she is the same age as my older daughter, so she is going on 20, and so, like, both of our kids were in high school when I was covering them when he was still there, and we used to talk about our kids and like he Smitty is a he is a good dad. He is a good guy. Like he is a he is somebody that I really respect as a person. I really sincerely like him. Like he is a wonderful, wonderful person. Um one of my one of my friends who is she was married to the head of PR for the Falcons, she died about this about this time of year, um in Smitty's last year. Smitty got fired and two days later showed up at her memorial service, even though, you know, Arthur Blank was there and Thomas Dimitrov was there and a bunch of his players were there. And that had to be really difficult for him. Like he is a he is a good guy. I sincerely like Mike Smith a lot, but he is not a very good football coach. <laughs> like all of that to say that he is just not a very good football coach. And it's not that he's not a good football coach. It's just, I think that the game has evolved and he has refused to evolve with it. That's the bigger issue. And so, yeah, I think that as long as he's there, the defense is not going to get pressure on the quarterback and they're not going to be able to defend against today's offenses, which are a lot more dynamic than they were 15 years ago when his, defenses in Jacksonville were, you know, getting them to the playoffs. I mean, that's how long ago Mike Smith was a good defensive coach. And so, yeah. Anyway, that's what that's what we're dealing with in Tampa Bay. Like I'm fine with it. <laughs> keep keep those keep those guys on. That's that's great. That is a good thing. Very good. <laughs> <clears throat> That was a very long story about Mike Smith. Anyway, it's a good yeah. story though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, he like he really is a good guy, but he is just the the game has passed him by. I think, unfortunately for him. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been good in a long time. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot of crap on him on the Alcoholic Podcast. So, yes. You know. <laughs> I see the I see those Mike Mike Smith defense tweets all the time. So mm-hmm. I know how you guys feel about him. Yes, we have. We have had some fun conversations about how there's no sacking <laughs> <laughs> with a with Mike Smith defense. Sacks nope. and sacks don't matter. So yeah. So do we want to get into scoring predictions then for the Saints game <laughs> since <laughs> Uh, it depends. Are we going to have another episode later this week? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Brian's the host, so. I mean, we're are, almost are, on the are hour. Are we going to get nuked so. before then? I think that that's a fair question to raise. That is a fair question. Well, we have, we've been, we're on the hour mark. I don't know how much time Gina has. Um, I actually am uh, turning on my oven to make dinner. I have not eaten yet, which is probably why I'm telling you long stories about Mike Smith. I'm very hungry. Sense. Yeah. So that's that's that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm preheating You're my fine. oven. Never mind me. You're fine. Um, 
So do we want to do our scoring projections here? Or do we want to save it for another sure. night? Let's sure. do it now just in case we don't do another show. Okay, fair enough. Uh, John, give me your scoring prediction and any other predictions you uh, may I'm have. Be opti- I'm going to be optimistic because this could be my last chance to be optimistic for the year. And I'm going to say Panthers 28, Saints 23. So the Saints. <laughs> well, I would start. I would certainly love that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Please let that happen. What the Panthers win? Yeah, the Panthers win 28 to three. Yes, That's can you imagine? He said, he said 23. Let me make funny. my prediction. The Panthers win 28 to three, and then when Saints fans come in my mentions, I can be like, "Y'all lost to the Panthers 28 to three. Like, go away." Yeah, that's that's my prediction. <laughs> that'd 28 be a hell to three of, Panthers. Let's go. That'd be a hell of a meme to start off 2018. It would make um, me so nothing would make me happier. So Brad, what's your scoring prediction? Well, I think this has the opportunity to be a shootout. Uh, I do think that we we will see Cam Newton go on a tear. So I'm going to say Panthers twelve, Saints nine. <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a shootout. Field goal battle. Field goal. Will Lutz versus Graham Gano. Hey, Graham Gano has the highest field goal percentage of the entire league. So. Any kicker would have the highest field goal percentage in the league if you don't let him kick beyond 49 fucking yards. So I don't want to hear, Graham Gano has the highest field goal percentage in the league. They didn't let him kick anything difficult. That sounded really aggressive towards you, Brian, and I did not intend <laughs> yeah, it to. I, I'm I, sorry. I feel, I, feel, I feel very assaulted right now. Yeah, like, that, that wasn't directed towards you. That's directed towards the Graham Gano audience. My heart's racing. Like, I'm sweating a little bit. Yeah. Like, Graham Gano has the best field goal percentage in the league. That's because we didn't let him kick anything. We punted from the 35-yard line because Ron Rivera didn't trust him. I like how you were you you tried to clarify that you weren't you weren't assaulting me, but you still mocked me in that voice about the whole field goal. Yeah, well, I have to do that. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't like that very much. Kind of. Okay. Um. Let's see. Nope. This might be my. All right, I quit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so my my prediction, because I'm always picking against the Panthers. Oh my god! Oh, you you have to pick for the Panthers now because your streak of picking against us is over. Like we lost. So fine. You want me? Fine. All right. So. If the Panthers' offense comes out and plays well, I could see them scoring 28 points. Um, Four touchdowns, maybe one on defense, maybe one on special teams. Um, If they get lucky and they can hold the defense or the uh, offense of the Saints to, like, say, 21 points or 24 points, I could see us coming out with it. So I will go with the 28 to 24 prediction that the Panthers win and Carolina. I should say Cam Newton scores at least three of those touchdowns. I think I think whatever however many touchdowns we score, Cam is going to be responsible for all of them. I believe so. I don't think we're going to score on defense, and I don't think we're going to score on special teams. I do think that we will score. Um, 
if we score touchdowns, it's going to be because of Cam. Like, I, maybe, I just I don't maybe, see us scoring any this, other way. Maybe this time when they block a field goal and Keekley takes it back for a touchdown, there isn't a block in the back penalty. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, that, that won't happen. That won't happen. Gina, do you want to give us our, your prediction? I already oh, predicted twenty-eight to three Panthers. Let's That's go. Right. You Let's did do, do that. this. Yeah. No, I'm totally into it. Like I'm dead. Ass, I'm dead ass serious about it. Now I need y'all to follow through and give this to me. I need this in 2018. Okay. Which I would you I rather? Can't. Which would you rather happen? Would you rather us win twenty-eight to three, or would you rather the Saints blow a twenty-eight to three lead and us win thirty-four to twenty-eight? As long as you guys win. And I get to make fun of Saints fans. I'm okay with either outcome. Well, I don't care. How, I don't like care it. how we get there. I just want to get there. Over right. under on how many times um, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck talk about um, Tyson Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set it at seven point five. I was going to say seven. So we're in, we're in lockstep there. So any other uh, any other things we want to address before this game, potentially our second podcast, if we do that? I'm all good. I'm good. Go Falcons. I do feel bad for being <laughs> aggressive with you, Brian, so I'm going to say I'm sorry. You're not I'm sorry. sorry for, I'm like sorry more. for mocking you. I'm sorry for doing the Brian voice. It's not even the Brian voice. It's a terrible Brian voice, and you should be, you should feel terrible no, that's about the Brian it. Voice. Whenever Brad and I hang out after the show and chat, whenever we talk about you, that's the voice Brad uses. It, yep. Wow. That's what you get so for valued. leaving as soon as we're done. I'm sorry that things happen that I have to go address, like having you go to the bathroom. So, you know, <laughs> I'm a terrible person for that. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Well, Gina, thanks once again for coming on. Good Thank luck you for Falcons. having me. It's always fun. Yep. Thanks, John and Brad, for your continued support of me. You're welcome. It's all about, all about you, Brian. You're welcome. I said, and this podcast. Hmm. So don't don't try to spin that around on me. But anyway, um. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> Make sure you buy our hat game t-shirts. If you're listening, buy our hat game t-shirts. They are also, cool. y'all should know that I do have a banger dropping this week on SBNation.com about Ron Rivera's t-shirts, so look for that. Ooh, his t-shirt game has been on point, too. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah, I meant point. to ask like, you last time you were here. Let me know when you drop that, and I'll throw it in on our website. Hey, I, d- I definitely will. Um, I will tell you this, just a very quick aside. My favorite thing is that I found this picture of Ron Rivera wearing a Riverboat Ron shirt in his home with his two dogs who look like they are golden retriever mixes. One of these dogs is the goofiest dog ever, like just has the goofiest look on his face. And this is a dog that I want to be friends with. And so every time I go into this draft and I work on this article, I see that dog and I'm like, holy shit, Ron Rivera has the best dog aside from my dog that I've ever seen. So 
I have a lot of respect for Ron Rivera, his shirt game, his dog game. I think that he is just killing them both. Like he is just on top of the world right now. So. <laughs> he is destroying it right now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Dog and shirt game. Now all he's got to do is beat the Saints 28 to 3, and I'll be happy. Hey, if the Panthers ever fire him, he's got a career in the uh, dog and t-shirt photo game. So. And people and people not wanting to fist fight him. I think that we covered That's that true. extensively. He is scary. Nobody, nobody he wants is to scary. fight him. Yeah, so, yep. Ron Rivera's winning. He's winning. He's winning so much he's going to be tired of winning. Uh, we don't have to go that far. <laughs> anyway, anyway, on that note, I've got to go eat some food. Yep, well, all from all Bye, of guys. us here at the CSR Thanks, Podcast, from all of us here at the CSR Thanks Podcast. Thanks for coming on, Gina. We appreciate it. You know what? I'm done. Just, just thank listen you, to thank you for having podcast. me, guys. It's always fun. Enjoy, enjoy our comedy. Oh!
Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.